Hello, you're listening to Koopa Talks. I'm your host, RJ, also known as Mognite, here with our lo- my lovely co-host, Andrew. Hi, it's me, Andrew, also known as Sumer Kurtz. Cool. In this episode, we're going to take a little break from all this game talk, all the like visual novel slash narrative stuff, and a little like kind of like an anime summer beach episode. You like those, right, Andrew? I do. That's not what you said previously. Oh, I don't. <laughs> uh, but uh, in in this episode, I think we want to talk about uh, another one of me, specifically me and RG's like big loves, and also one of our major hobbies is is food, right? Yeah. When we're not, um, we're not not gaming as you normally are. Let's get uh, other hobbies. We're cooking or eating or talking about cooking and eating. Talking about food. Yeah. And just a little preface and a little bit of context. My lovely co-host and I, we used to live to, uh, live with each other. Yeah. And then uh, we used to live out in good old Los Angeles County. Yeah. Kind of like uh, a hallmark slash mecca of like food places to eat. Definitely. Uh, and that's not to uh, not give acknowledgement to the great food town that you uh, that we grew up in, in Ventura County. Uh, yeah, a lot definitely. of good food out there. Turns out, most cities, if you look hard enough, have really good food. Yeah. And we're luckily enough to live in two different cities mm-hmm. in proximity to really good food. Yeah. Um, so, I, I think I want to start kind of this discussion with like kind of our background with food i know that you you kind of have a a more analytical look uh of it than i do do you want to talk about like your your philosophy on food in general yeah for me i guess the love of food like was like instilled in like my household in general it's like Mm -hmm. learning from my mom how to cook and my grandma and stuff but i think uh what really stood out to me especially at an early age, is being having access to cable TV and watching the Food Network all the time. Yeah. And also watching one of my favorite shows, which was um, Good Eats. Oh, definitely. Good Eats is like prime food, uh, like inspiration. Yeah. Uh, like the way um, like Alton Brown brings up himself and like the writers on like Good Eats. And like even like the prop designers and all the art and stuff, like uh, really was like a visual way to see food, like in a microscopic lens. Yeah. As well as like talking a little bit about like history, and like cultural context and things like yeah. that. And then I think for me, that like was like a seed of like um, mm-hmm. what food can potentially be to me. Yeah, yeah. And then it wasn't until I got to like college when um the show on Netflix came out, uh, Ugly Delicious. Yeah. And then that's just like really brought out like that cultural context of food and things like that. And yeah. it's definitely a field that I'm like so fascinated in. Yeah. And yeah wanted yeah. to explore more. Mm-hmm. That food just doesn't have to be like a thing you eat. But yeah. it's like it has a like a meaning. It's an art. Yeah. 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 For me, I feel like I I was actually like a pretty picky child growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then I think sometime in high school, like I realized I had a lot of time to myself. And, you know, kind of being home alone, I had to feed myself. And so I started actually caring about what I ate and what to cook. Like, not to blame, uh, like, I don't want to put, like, my parents in a bad light. But they they are also, like, you know, home cooks. Mm -hmm. Uh, I found that a lot of food that we ate was food of necessity. Like, perfectly. Yeah, it's uh, like a convenience, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feeding, yeah. eating, not not to be hungry, not for taste per se. Yeah, not, like not even, to, not, yeah. Yeah, not to say that they didn't make delicious food, but I'm not exactly gonna say that everything was super appetizing. Mm-hmm. Um, like the lack of sauces, or maybe you know they really they really don't understand like how do you cook a steak? Like, are you always overcooking it? How do you cook pasta? And that led me to kind of be a little picky growing up, not really understanding why I didn't like certain foods. Yeah. And um, like you said, like uh, watching Good Eats, kind of akin to watching like um, Bill and I, the science guy, I began to understand the science of why food tastes like it does. And I was yeah, like, like, oh. What happens to food and things like that. Yeah, I get why I don't like steak because it's overcooked. Or I don't. I understand why I don't like spaghetti because the pasta's overdone, um, and things like that. I began to understand, and the more I cared about cooking, and uh, I think it reached a fulcrum when I uh, my I started to learn to cook by watching my grandmother. Yeah. And kind of realizing that my grandmother began to cook in a very specific way, because my grandfather had diet restrictions. Mm-hmm. And I always kind of wondered why her food tasted kind of weird and asked my mom about it. And it's like, oh, she kind of does a, like a low-cal version of, of like Mexican dishes. And I was like, oh, well, then I want to know what it tastes like when you uh, kind of want to right? make air quotes like the correct way, yeah. right? And that's when I started really being interested in like uh, my my like my cultural heritage, mostly in the lens of food. Yeah. 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 So even with me, I didn't really start like learning how to cook actual Filipino food. My background's uh my parents are from the Philippines. Yeah. But um yeah, I didn't actually start learning how to cook uh Filipino food until like the end of high school to like my college days. Yeah. Because I think I just began to understand how like important food is to the culture. Mm-hmm. And then um, I just, at that point, too, like, was in, like, a cultural identity crisis. So I just wanted to, like, learn more about myself or, like, where my parents are from and what better way to do that than with food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, because you went a really direct path. I went a really weird, like, sidestepping journey when I learned how to cook. Because I started with American traditional. Yeah. I started with, like... American soul food for some reason, like a lot of chicken and dumplings, a lot of gravies, a lot of like. Yeah, it's like, like I remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember like you're like really into like southern cooking or like yeah. southern comfort food or American. Yeah, food. and yeah. I don't really know why I gravitated towards that, but it was like, for me, it seemed like the exact opposite of what Mexican food was, mm-hmm. and I thought that was pretty interesting, and so that's kind of where I started cutting my teeth. And then 
in college, I bought a copy of Le Cuisine um, and I started learning French. And I started learning all these weird French techniques because, you know, at even now, like French technique is considered like the like kind of this pinnacle of like understanding how food works. Yeah, it's and like, then from that it's like yeah, it's like oh, that pinnacle ahead, of like um it's like kinda like fine dining, but also yeah, like yeah. where a lot of modern like Western techniques come from. Yeah. And then from there I realized that um with like the family members I realized I needed to learn the recipes of my family because mm -hmm. there would be no one else to pass them on but me. And so now I'm really trying to dig deep into like my roots, especially like the food of like sp particularly where my mother comes from in, in uh, central Mexico and learning those kind of dishes so I can continue passing on those recipes, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting okay. you say like that I went on a, like a direct way to learn the food. Yeah. Like I actually started learning um, a lot by myself with the Japanese cuisine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've always admired like the simplicity mm -hmm. and like just like how elegant it is, yet so simple. <laughs> then by learning a lot of like that, I was just influenced to do like a lot of like simpler palettes and things like that. Yeah, definitely. And then it bleeds into like Filipino cuisine because it's like yeah. it's usually like a a mixture of like just two simple flavors like uh sour and sweet or like vinegar and like fat and things like that uh, i know that there's uh an uh an uh, amazing little excerpt that uh jake kenji lopez alt that describes like the simplicity of japanese food as it's it's sugar and salt and yeah. like umami like the idea that you in a lot of dishes you find that combination of like sake, sugar, and soy sauce and mirin, and that's yeah. like this amazing combination of flavor that's so simple. And um, I want to like kind of figure out for myself like what those these key combinations are in like Mexican food, you know, or any kind of food in general. You find like these keys like motifs in a piece, right? Like in music. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's breaking in a like yeah it's, that's where i like i also learned like just to break down flavors into like a simplest component yeah because like what that taught me is like you just go you could go like like a whole long way with it yeah and yeah like, and it, then yeah. and in this in this culinary journey i feel like uh and i want to put this really in air quotes is like this pursuit of authenticity or of, mm -hmm. of genuineness, I guess, I think is a better word than authentic, because I feel like that gets a little muddled. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've always tried to mimic, like, the food of, like, my mom. And I realized that there are certain aspects that are just by feeling and yeah. cannot necessarily be written down. And... Yeah. I, I personally prefer the word like genuine, um, not trying to mimic, I guess. Yeah, like definitely. Mm -hmm. So like you go to like other different like restaurants. Of um, it's kind of weird because like I go to like different restaurants, like uh, like you know, like I grew up with a uh, Filipino cuisine, mm -hmm. and then we went sometimes like in uh, L.A. We go to like Filipino restaurants. And, like, for me, like, I feel like they're authentic, 
but also like there's this thing of like I kind of like the way how I cook it or like how my like my mom cooks it. Definitely. I yeah 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 yeah. But it's like I definitely know like from their flavor profiles from like the looks of the place and then like how their food looks. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's real Filipino food. But like <laughs> even though like a thing's authentic. Mm-hmm. It's like I feel like you know, it doesn't you don't necessarily have to like it. Yeah, uh I I I feel a very specific way about a lot of Mexican food, and mm-hmm. and I've been known to, te- I tend to disregard a lot of Mexican restaurants for yeah. kind of the same reason, is I've always, because I've grown up surrounded by Mexican food, I've always, like you, kind of realized that the best food came from the home, mm-hmm. and I think the the epitome of of Mexican food is go to a Mexican party. Yeah. That is That is the food that you should be eating. And same thing uh, with like uh, the Filipino food. I think that's oh the Filipino my God. Party. amazing! Yeah, um, the 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 idea of the Filipino potluck is mm-hmm. a is a thing of beauty. Yeah, even yeah. like a uh, which I party, think was... like um, it's a whole bunch of like spread of food and sometimes even like live cookery. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, uh, a ta- having a taquero yeah. is like a completely different experience <laughs> mm-hmm. from anything else. Um, but yeah, the, and that kind of translates in to what I look for in restaurants is like, is this a genuine representation of the food that they want to present? Right. Yeah. Um, and that kind of, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but I want to talk about a few restaurants that I've been to that kind of really carry that idea. But, um, you, you find lately people try to find authenticity, especially here in America. And that can yeah, always be a difficult like, yeah. thing because yeah. you're always going to, especially when you run food as a business, you have mm-hmm. to tailor to the American palate. And, you know, an enchilada here is very different from an enchilada you can get back in Mexico. And, yeah. Uh, like, I'm sure... I remember yeah, a story you had, like you mm-hmm. told me, and basically the gist of it was that um, this, like, Chinese restaurant, or, like, this Korean restaurant, yeah. and this, like, um, certain place with, like, a certain... Ethnicity, ethnicity, yeah. like being a majority, like they have to alter their menu for that American taste. Yeah. But it's like there's, they are still able to cooks and like the restaurant owners are still able just to provide that other like real food. Yeah. Um, if you ask for it. Yeah, and I think that's um kind of where you and I were really lucky that we that we got to spend our our formative cooking years in Los Angeles because you can find restaurants that don't necessarily have to bank on the general American palate, right? Yeah. You can, they can, they can feel free to uh, represent again, this genuine idea that they want to present to, to people, not just to, you know, keep the, keep the lights on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think, uh, another kind of formative piece of media that you and I both watch was ugly delicious, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, especially like, there's that episode on uh, taqueros. You know, mm-hmm. people that make yeah. that make tacos for a living is they 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 not only do this to you know keep their families fed, but it is this important representation of where they come from, and you can see that you know on almost any taco like stand that's worth its salt. 
um, that they they try to give like this flair mm-hmm. um, to it. Uh, one of them was uh, very close to us. Um, that's unfortunately now gone. Is this place called Tacos Infierno, that was run by um, the this couple that were basically moonlighting as taqueros. Well, I think the the lady, the owner, she was a a child a, a child therapist for special needs children. Yeah, I think so. And her husband, I believe, was some sort of plumber, but he he grew up as a taquero in Tijuana. And they kind of started this stand because he wanted an outlet for mm. his representation of what tacos meant to him. And I think those are the kind of stands that we kind of, those kind of places are things that we want to talk about today, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's like um, those are those places are like really interesting to see because, like for me, I know like they could be doing like so much more, so like some something else, right? And it's right, like right. they already have like a job, right? But um, they're like willing to put in like the time and effort. It's like it's not easy, like uh, running a kitchen or working in the kitchen. No, and, no, like getting all those supplies and stuff and just being yeah. out in the streets and doing it. Yeah. So it's like they're willing to do this because of like their love of the food, the sharing the food, and serving the community. So I think yeah. it's always very noble to see and it's like something i want to be able to do one day yeah yeah definitely yeah so with like ugly delicious when i watched it it was like so mind-blowing to me mm-hmm. just like uh i don't know just like dave chan's personality and then yeah. just how much research like went into the food and how much like for me it was like it opened up my mind to like really see how food affects people and like at an emotional and like just a personal level rather than you know just eating food for eating food yeah i i think uh at least i I, something else i think i want to talk about is like you and i spent what two and a half years in los angeles together yeah might as well like (laughs) i think we like we lived together for like two and a half years but like we like also, like, just started eating together, like, before that a little yeah. bit, too. Oh, definitely, especially in our hometown. And I, I kind of wanted to, I think you, you, we wanted to talk about, like, the, the funnest and the most memor- memorable stuff that we kind of ate, you know, together. Yeah, definitely food is an experience, I believe, yeah. right? Oh, definitely. And then <laughs> we, I use food as an outlet, especially with my friends, just to, like, have out go out and have a good time with them but also just like just really like um talk and enjoy about the food yeah yeah and uh yeah it show show a gen a genuine appreciation for the mm-hmm. effort you know um yeah. so i don't know so i remember i think it was what our was that our junior or senior year of university might be every Every Tuesday night, was it? We would go out to eat. Yeah, because like I wouldn't have classes. Um, yeah. A specific day. Yeah. So you and I would go out to eat, and we went to a lot of different restaurants on those Tuesday nights. Yeah. And um, I I think one of the first things that you and I, I don't want to say that we were 
pioneers, but we were definitely <laughs> one of the first people to be out there and kind of start singing its praises. But um, there, there was a local spot right by our university uh, called Hawaiian Hot Chicken. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember, I think both of us kind of saw it because it was on, a, on the very busy, kind of one of the busy artery streets here in uh, North L.A., yeah. So um, yeah. So a little yeah, context of it too. So Hawaiian Hot Chicken is the name of a, a pop up restaurant. Yes. And then um during the day there's this car wash. Like a lot of uh, people go through it and just get their cars washed. But at night when the car wash closes down, uh Hawaiian Hot Chicken takes a spot. Yes. And then it's like you just have like uh this little square of a kitchen with like fryers. And like a prep table and things like that, a fridge, yeah. and there's these these like a uh, group of people just cooking, yeah. basically just chicken tenders, putting it in a Hawaiian roll with coleslaw and the uh, very hot sauce. Yes, and it was a. Uh, I remember. I I think was it me that I that told you, or was that, it uh, about Hawaiian hot chicken, or was it kind of we both kind of noticed it and we we're like, should we go? I think I saw uh, it like on an advertisement on Instagram or something. Probably. And then I just told you, and it's like, it's like, yeah, that place, that sounds nice. And then yeah. like, I looked it up, and I was like, wait a minute, this is really close. Yeah. So I have an incredibly deep love for like weird pop ups or like gorilla restaurants. And the idea of a restaurant pop up in a car wash is like, I had to go, I had to see what's up. Because it's such a, not to say it was a novel thing, but it is, if someone's willing to open up in a in a car wash parking lot, then that mm-hmm. means they, they, they have something to say, right? They, yeah, they must like, have yeah. some good food. Yeah, it's like they've been doing it for a while before you went, probably like yeah. a few months. Yeah, and it was a line would get, and then... If you were unlucky, I remember that line would wrap around, like, that block, right? Yeah, it would go, like, just down the street. It was, like, this phenomenon at, at like, the university. Like, everyone would show up. And, you know, it had, like, this... It was this very deep, like, college vibe. Like, really loud, like, trap music. They got, like, one thing on the menu. It's it's mm-hmm. hot chicken and, and fries, and that's kind of all they had. And I think that became, like, this kind of cornerstone of, like... It was kind of like our backup spot, wasn't it? Like, it was always yeah. good, and it was hot. And we... I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. That's, like, once a month we would go. Yeah. And, like, the thing about Hawaiian hot chicken, uh, it's compared to, like, most Hawaiian hot chicken places I, I've been to or, like, I've seen, is that um their spice sauce has a... Uh, basically a level from one to five yeah and i think both you and i just started climbing the ladder and i started on three you probably started around three or two yeah three or two and then i think we ended up ordering a five and yeah it it got up (laughs) there i remember uh I remember coming into work the next day, and they're like, yo, are you okay? And they're like, yo, I ate a lot, I ate a lot of really spicy food yesterday. Um, not feeling too great. And they're like, all right, take it easy. <laughs> well, Dude, there. Like that, that five. It's yeah. like, we, we, like, took a bite in the car. And yes. And like immediately, we started crying. 
Yes. And then we it finished was... it back at our place. Yeah. And then it was like so super hard. <laughs> super hard to eat. I remember like, it just like... good. It was really good. Yeah. It, it's one of those bites where like you immediately lose hunger. Mm. Like I don't want to continue, but I should. <laughs> I think I paid uh like fifteen dollars for this. Cheap. It's like twelve. Yeah, it's, it's like still... twelve. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh and they they've they've done well for themselves. They have a brick and mortar restaurant now. It's still pretty close to the campus. Um yeah, and they they they're they're doing their best and I hope them the best in these trying times. But they they were definitely one of the first things I remember us kinda going out and trying yeah. together. Um yeah. and that that kinda leads me to one of my kind of favorite spots and um it's the fat cells on mm. in, in encino um yeah. and fat so, cells yeah. i'm not gonna like rep that it's like this unique thing it's a chain I'm, I'm aware it's a chain but it's the i think it was always like the ambiance when we yeah. would go yeah it's like um i want to see the netflix show that i should watch more of like tokyo midnight diner yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Like, you just like go in, eat some food, and then you just like talk and have a story and whatever, right? Yeah. And like fat salads. I remember the night we went. Like, yeah. um, I think I I was just driving with you. Yeah. And like uh, we we're just like talking about where we're gonna eat. Yeah. And I was like pretty peeved that day about something. Yeah. And then he just like, like we started like yelling at each other, but like in like a friendly way. He's yeah. like, you want to go to Fat Sal's? Like, I don't know what that is, man. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like, here's, we'll just go. Here's, just, here's the Google Maps. You just, you just take us there. Yeah. And it's like, it's a really good, like, really good place. It, it's like this weird, especially that location on Encino, right? Because mm. uh, for for non LA locals, uh, Encino for the most part pretty much closes down around 10 p.m. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a long boulevard. It's a very big boulevard. And so this fat cell sits on a corner. And it is, all the lights are on. It is blasting the loudest trap music you could hear. And it has, like, sports games on. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of this, like, weird, like, food oasis yeah. at, like, 2 in the morning, right? Yeah. It's, like, and, it's kind of, like, dead, but yet somehow, like, kind of popping at the same yeah. time. Um, kind of how people kind of like like moths to a light, right? People kind of converge on this fat cells because there's kind of nowhere else to really eat at that time, right? Besides like fast food restaurants. Yeah, it's like that. Not really like a sit down place. Especially yeah. like one with like a pretty lit patio, and sometimes yeah. you go there. Mm-hmm. But the weather's nice. Yeah, and uh, fat cells, of course, uh, specializes in a fat sandwich, which is a a monstrous, at least I think it's a 13-inch sub, mm-hmm. full of kind of anything in general. I'm not really sure how to. Yeah. So it's like some sandwiches are like different themed. Like some have like mozzarella sauce and stuff like that. Or like some it's a bunch of fried food. Some yeah. of them are like traditional like kind of sub sandwiches but take it to another level. And like packed to the brim with like French fries and onion rings. Yeah. And like chicken fingers, and it's like anything, yeah. everything I could have ever wanted in a meal. Yeah, I basically, could get on a sandwich. 
it's like super in a way it's super trashy but it's like oh, trashy yeah. done well yeah it, it's it's not pretending to be anything else it is it is an honest kind of sandwich yeah yeah um, and like, yeah and it's like talking about like honest sandwiches like the thing i would always get there was their like bon mi sandwich yeah and it's like it's <laughs> this place is not a vietnamese restaurant no no but nor um, does it pretend to be <laughs> <laughs> but we talked about like like authenticity and being genuine when you yeah. think about that when you take a bite of that bon mi sandwich like you get all their flavors the the classic vietnamese flavors like uh the pickled like carrots and uh uh radish and like yeah. the spice and like the flavors mm-hmm. of like um kind of like the herb and basil and like the grilled meat and stuff like that and it's like it's just a really amazing sandwich that i i wouldn't have thought i'd see it like a a fat cells yeah 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 and it has its place because you know where can you where where in at least in that part of LA buy a bon mi at two in the morning right? Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. It's kind of like like as you, you go there like really late at night, right? Uh, no, we would. And I, like, I, I... <laughs> it's like we we spend like the day probably like um like doing hard work in class or like working or whatever, uh-huh. and then like at night we're like just kind of in a haze. Yeah, and it's like you see this really big, like bon mi, but not bon mi, but it tastes like a bon mi sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> it's really amazing to me. I don't yeah, think it's it, really fun. It, it's uh, it has like a, it it's truly like a comfort meal, I guess mm-hmm. in a way. Um, yeah. yeah. Shout out to the fat cells in Encino. Shout out to the fat cells. And yeah, like, just places like that too, or it's like. You hang out with your bestie and just talk about whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, and I, I think uh, another place that kind of holds that same really endearing kind of place in my heart for for at least the two of us is like um, there there's there's the secret spot that I in in this general place uh, that we live in northern LA. Is is a place called Lillian's, mm-hmm. and Lillian's is a Filipino restaurant inside <laughs> of a car wash. Yeah, so this one's like a drive-through car wash. Yeah, but like, there's like an inside service where like you could buy like car supplies and like air fresheners, but also um, empanadas and Filipino food. Yeah, and I I'd always heard rumors about it, and I always kind of looked at it because it, it's uh it was across the across the street from our local uh, In and Out. Yeah, and I was like, yo, let's go get some Filipino food, and it hands down was some of the best like Filipino food I've ever had. Yeah, um, definitely. It was um. It's just this little nook of a place that I think carried what, like maybe six or seven entrees at once, and rice, right? Yeah, yeah and uh, you know, they were yeah. like, uh, especially like growing up with a majority of like Filipino friends, like it just reminded me of like people like your mom and like all the Filipino aunties like I knew 
Yeah, Maybe. I don't know how, how you felt about it. Yeah, it's like, in a way for you, it's like a taste of home, like hometown. Yeah. It's in a way. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, for me, it's definitely a really good place. Like, um, sometimes, like, I could cook Filipino food at home. Mm-hmm. But, like, also, like, the some of the fun things um, about going out to, like, other Filipino restaurants and see how, like, they would do it and how they would cook the food. Mm-hmm. Right? And even though, like I said earlier, sometimes I just eat Filipino food and I think I could make this. <laughs> I think I like my, my own um, my own family's cooking better. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lillian's, um, they just have, like, a lot of the Filipino classics that just do really, really well. Like, the garlic fried rice is really good. Um, the corned beef, one of my favorite Filipino comfort foods. That's only like four ingredients. Really good. Yeah, and it's like they have the stuff that the real OG Filipinos eat that I'm too like chicken to try. Yeah. <laughs> but it's there. It's like I remember we always go there. It's always like not packed, but like, like there's always people like having lunch. It's like super yeah. for like a neighborhood spot and yeah, it's uh like, yeah it's like yeah very fun memories i don't know yeah it's like whenever we go, go, ahead, go sorry. it's like whenever we go like um there's always somehow a table for us despite there being a bunch of people yeah it's like a sign dude it's, it's a restaurant of what like maybe four tables max five maybe yeah it's basically like three booths and like Four tables. Yeah. But yeah. Um... I think another place that we both found, or at least I found, like in the later of our college years, and like something, some uh, a place that I wish I would have went more to. Mm-hmm. Um, in this shopping mall near our school of Northridge, it's this little like a uh, Chinese style cafe slash bakery. But also like a boba, yes, a boba place shop, yeah, called Sigrafix, yeah, yes. And then their their menu is pretty small, yeah, yeah. But like you can see them like making your drinks, and it's like all like super, yeah, like authentic, mm. and it's like it 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 looks pretty, yeah. And like the the place is like this really small, like venue with only probably like three three tables yeah it's three tables and like two stools yeah <laughs> yeah but, um, i we just got really friendly with them yeah, yeah we used to go a lot we <laughs> got stamp cards yeah we got stamp cards um i, I don't really like that place because you know our university maybe had what five boba shops within like relative distance yeah it's like three of them you just walk to yeah, and there was there was the one that most people go to, which was like up the street. Mm-hmm. And I had a personal vendetta against going there because they would mess up my order like pretty consistently. Yeah, because like I, it's yeah, it's always like packed there. That's like really easy to miss. Yeah, up. yeah, and I don't blame them, but I I think we really fell in love with this place because they started to recognize us a lot. And yeah. if I remember, on occasion or two, they would have us like test drinks. That they wanted yeah. to put on the menu. Like I remember their taro milk. Yeah, they really, gave us a sample really of the taro milk. I was like, hey, yeah. go try this. 
Yeah. And they had like that cube toast that was pretty cool. How, how did they make it? I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that place is. I, I unfortunately I kind of moved away from that that area around our our university, but I, I super yeah. have a lot of good feelings about Sugar Fix. Yeah, you know, like I still have like fond memories of it, even though I don't live uh, in the LA area anymore. You know, I still think about uh, the matcha espresso that I get. Yeah. Like the, yeah. The espresso on the bottom and like the the matcha on the top and then the cream on the top and then you just mix it all up and it's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What are, what other spots represent like those times for you? Uh, for me, there's this personal spot. I know this is also a chain, but um, near the Costco <laughs> in uh, the North area, there's a Q and Q. And that Q and Q um, had a Yelp coupon that's two dollars off your meal, right? Yeah. Yes. So this ten dollar uh, shrimp and chicken thing I get, it's now like an eight dollar shrimp and chicken thing. Yeah. And to me, that was like super worth it all the time. Yeah. And I basically went there for most of my college years Yo, to the man. point where on Yelp I was considered <laughs> the Duke. And I think uh, the last I checked before I moved out, like I have eaten there like 80 times. Yeah, you would go there a lot. So it's like <laughs> uh, 80 times like however much I spent. Yeah. I remember um, sometimes you would go there just to like, I think there was, there was there one guy that would compete with you for the yeah, Duke but... spot. Some some like there were like twice where like a person has gone like basically yeah he's he's basically uh checked in as many times as me. Mm-hmm. I think it was like when I was like at forty and then when I was like at sixty. And there were like two different people, right? So it's like a thing of <laughs> I need to keep this up and also a thing of like I just want to eat this food. Yeah, yeah. But also, like, for me, it just became a personal place. Yeah. Like sometimes, like, when I had a bad day or whatever, it's like I just mm-hmm. want to not cook anything. Yeah. And just eat at the Q&Q. And fun fact, I would eat at the Q&Q at the, the like, sit down and eat there. So then I don't have to throw it away in our trash can, which you walk by, and then you're like, what the heck? You had Q&Q without me? Yeah, I got upset, dude. What if I wanted to go? <laughs> so I'm, just, I'm just airing out my, my secrets here. Uh, it's, I knew you went. You'd smell like it. <laughs> like, my room would smell like it. And then, like, if you really wanted to check, you just look at the outside trash can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Do you yeah. have any, like, personal places for you? Uh, I remember there was a good bit. That you and I would eat Korean barbecue <laughs> all the time. Now, okay, now this is a very special place for listeners, right? Yeah. I, in the LA area, and probably the most places, Korean barbecue is not a cheap expense. No. I do not, I do not want you to think that me and RJ here would blow like 
However much money. It's like fifty dollars. Yeah, a week. No, 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 no. We found this like twelve to fifteen dollar Korean barbecue place, like a couple blocks from where we lived, and we would milk it for what it was. It wasn't a couple blocks, dude. It was the next neighborhood over. And it was like everything I could have wanted as like. I mean, I wouldn't. I wasn't like the starving ramen type in college, right? I had money; yeah. I could afford to eat well enough. But to eat Korean barbecue on a consistent basis was like this joy that I think you and I both shared a lot. Yeah, and so what's cool about that place is that it had a salad bar. Uh, no, no, you get to choose your own banchan. Yeah, granted, like you know, for for fifteen dollars, we're not talking full service here, right? Like. Yeah. We, you had to, like, get all your banchan. You had to, like, you kind of had to flag the waitress down a lot. Yeah, like, and, they would walk by sometimes. Yeah, and for $15, I think, what, it was only three things it's on the like menu? Two. Or three or four? I think they usually just get four different things. Yeah. And, like, the rest of, like, seafood and stuff. Yeah. It, an incredibly limited menu, obviously, for these, like, $15. Um, but I, I just remember we used to go there so much, yeah, like, dude. and I, I feel like the, the, the lady would kind of get mad at us because I know <laughs> she would try to upsell the, the expensive menu, right? Yeah. It's like, like, there's the A set, but also the A plus set and then the B and the C. Like, no, no, no. Give us the cheap one. <laughs> we were not there to spend money. Yeah. Basically it's there. <laughs> uh, just eat a bunch of banchan. Eat our brisket and gogi. Yeah, and go home. Yeah, and I, I I remember, like, yeah, those are good times for us. Just to fill our fill our stomachs with meat and rice and kimchi. And just go home. And it was it was great. We smell like Korean barbecue. Probably yeah. like a shower. Oh, dude, we smell like smoke all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... I think eventually, obviously, I don't think it was the most uh, financially savvy decision to have $14, $15 Korean barbecue. <laughs> and I think as soon as, like, they raised the price, like, we, we stopped yeah, we going. Because stopped it, was, it was the novelty of having cheap Korean barbecue. Yeah, and um, it was good. The banchan was good. Yeah. And... Like... Yeah. You couldn't complain for fifteen dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I think also the biggest part about us eating together is just like sometimes we just suggest like really dumb places to eat. Like I know earlier we were just talking about how much like food meant to us and things like that, you know? And like oh. that's the that still holds true. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes like I feel to appreciate the really, really good stuff. You'd have to eat a little bit uh, trashy bad sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, there, there, there's some. Yeah, you go. Uh, there, there was an adventure we had. I believe it was one Sunday morning. Um, a a local a local norms, uh, <laughs> advertised an all you can eat. Steak, shrimp, and barbecue ribs. Ribs. For well, like to preface this, yeah. Yeah, go no, no, for, no, like, no. for like twelve, like for like twelve dollars, right, or something like uh, that. Yeah, 
And so to preface this, I was driving uh, back home, like from my like my teaching internship, and then I'd take down the same road every time. And then on that road, going back home on my right, I've always seen the Norm sign. And, like right. I've only seen Norms on TV, right? Like, so right. Yeah. And like just me realizing there's a Norms here. Yes. To a, a driving distance. Yeah, and it's like, huh? Maybe today, maybe this year's the year. Yeah, and then it it wasn't until then, like I was like waiting on the street, like waiting for the light to change. I looked over and saw that big banner. Uh-huh. And like, and I came home. I told you, like, dude, we have to go. <laughs> I think I took a picture of it too. I was like, I was waiting on the red light, and I sent it to you. <laughs> and that was on board, because like. <laughs> Oh, you can eat yeah. steak and shrimp and barbecue <laughs> ribs. Oh, what could go wrong? Yeah. That a norms is a thing we've seen on TV. Yeah, it had a jingle that I don't remember. I don't remember. I know that life happened there. <laughs> and um, a really big sign with like the the points. My my favorite painting is of a norms. <laughs> if you want to go check it out at the at, at a museum in Los Angeles, it's called <laughs> Norms on Sepulveda on Fire. <laughs> uh, it's at the Broad Museum in Los Angeles. Go check it out. Um, I didn't know anything about the norms. I think growing up, we've kind of always been like I hop Denny's kind of guys because that was what yeah, was around norm, us. Norms was never around us. Yeah, like at all. Like norms was like a, like a, like a basically an LA thing. Yeah. And so we drove. I think we 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 woke up early. We uh, well at least we thought we woke up early, right? <laughs> <laughs> we woke up early. We drove there. There's a line. A long line. We put our names on the. T- we put our names on the piece of paper, and then we and just went to the Starbucks and just hung out. I think. I did we? I think we waited like what, like an hour and a half. Yeah. We waited a while, and it was like that. Norms had never seen so much business in its life. <laughs> it was full of people. Every time I go past there, like even like in the mornings and the the evenings, mm-hmm. their their parking lot was was like basically super huge, but it was always empty. Yeah. But on this particular Sunday, like it's hard to find a spot. Yeah. Yeah. No. So so we put the name on the list. We're waiting at the norms, and we got called in, and they're. Uh, I felt I felt really bad for this, for this staff, dude. Like they were, I could hear the 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 restaurant machine churning. They were they were dishing out dishes as fast as they could. Yeah, dude. It's uh, like their rib rack was always full. Yeah, their, their shrimp rack was always full. Oh, uh, but um, how would you describe the the? The quality of the food that we received uh, at this norms. Um, you could tell it was made on mass. Yes. For like kind of like a banquet style. Yes. <laughs> and it's it wasn't particularly good. I'll tell you that. Okay, because I remember, I think we had to order a meal, right? It came with like soup. Yeah, it came and, with like, like salad, yeah, soup or and, salad, and two different kinds of soup. Yeah, and I, I I think we both stand by this. You and I don't really 
throw away food, right? No, we don't. We will we'll, we'll kind of yeah. we'll try to eat it if like we're if we're hungry, you know, kind of raise like you know it's it's bad to throw away food. It was not good food. Like it was. <laughs> I think it was like the only time both you and I were like we tasted. I remember the. It was a chicken soup, right? I, I think, think it you was. had the chicken soup, and then I had like something else, like a. Like yeah. Or something. Yes, yes. And I remember like, it was like gelatinous, which is not the best way to describe soup. Um. So and... Like a, a weird thickness. Yes. To it, like unnatural. Was upsetting to a degree and i remember i remember no words had to be said between us like we understood like yeah this is not we're in for a ride (laughs) (laughs) um and i remember when well i've never been a stickler with plating plating is has never been my forte when it came to cooking but it was obvious that someone probably wearing gloves for speed was literally like taking fistfuls of food and putting them on a plate and sending yeah. it out. So because... like, yeah. No, no, go ahead, go, go. Well, yeah, it's like the, we were served like a traditional like oval diner shaped dish, right? But like it was sparsely interspersed with like the protein they got. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> it's like a handful of like a, uh, like fried shrimp that almost yeah. looked like popcorn shrimp with the tail on. Yeah. Or like three things of ribs. Yes, three little riblets <laughs> that were like Look, I'm 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 not coming to the norms for quality barbecue. Yeah, I'm not we, we understand we're, we're, that, right? We we came because they had a banner out. And I saw it and I'm like I want to try it. Yeah. And it's just like it seemed to me that these ribs were baked in mass yeah. and then quickly dipped into a barbecue sauce and still dripping onto a plate, right? Yeah. And it was like a lot of, a lot more cartilage than I'm used to. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, like not, not a bunch of meat. Right, like, right. And like it the things that connect the meat. Right, it struck me as like, they got a big shipment of like subpar ribs, right? Yeah. It, it didn't look like someone butchered a whole rack of, you know, ribs, did what they did to them, and then cut them up into pieces. Yeah, it's like there's like like a like an A lot of ribs and then a B lot of ribs. Yeah. Like they they obviously got the B lot. And there's like these tiny little like rib nuggets. And rib scraps. And I, I remember the shrimp being passable. Like it, it tasted like the frozen shrimp you'd get. Oh. And like just cooked in the oven. But yeah. even those that aren't that bad. They were tough, no? Uh there were there was more breading than shrimp, obviously. Oh yeah, I remember that, yeah. Like seventy percent breading. Yeah. Um, like, and, like the thing is, it's like it's kind of like a testament to how long we'll be willing to stay there to get yeah. our quote unquote money's worth. Yes, so it's like, uh, plate done, boom. We could either yeah. wait there for like five more minutes to get another plate, right? 
get more all you can eat or we leave. Yeah. I I think we we took a good time. I think we went to what I think three plates each. I think so. The sharing each other's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz it was also served like really piecemeal. Yeah. Like I remember like the fries were on a separate plate. The the coleslaw was like in a separate little dish that they would bring out like never in one plate like as you would normally be served for like yeah. a rib dinner. It was like uh, yeah, it, it's like something you could share. Yes, because it felt like as soon as the fries were done, they would be divvied up into these individual plates and then just given to customers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you'd kind of get your meal pieces at a time. And it was, it was, it was an experience to have. It's definitely uh, <laughs> an experience. From, yeah. from me looking back on it, I think it's really funny. I don't know about yeah. you. I had a good time because it was also like, in this norms was all walks of life. You had like <laughs> these obviously retirees, like, like old people coming in. You had like these, these families. Yeah, and like these like couples and then you had like us it's like these two like dumb college kids that just wanted to all you can <laughs> eat ribs and trim <laughs> they, they, they saw the sign and it's like someone said they had yeah. to go yeah uh yeah that that adventure to that norms was a good time it wasn't good food but i had a good time yeah, it's a good time uh and i think that's like what also like i really like about eating out yeah it's like the food Sometimes it's not about like the quality of the food; it's about the people who are with you. And and you you and I have always been good sports about whatever food we're kind of dealt with, because yeah. at least it's a talking point, right? Yeah. Like what's remember... going on? <laughs> good. Because I, yeah. I remember one time we went. Was it to like a a museum or something? Yes. And then like raises. At the end of it, like I think, like during one of the exhibits, you're like, "Dude, where are you gonna eat?" Yeah, right? yeah. And then for me, sometimes just to tick you off, I just say really dumb chain restaurants. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I know there's better places to eat, right? Yeah, yeah. But sometimes the chain restaurants exist, and like in my head, I'm like, I think it'd be funny to go there. Because like, yeah. I never, I haven't been to those chain restaurants in a while. But there's yeah. one particular you will never set foot in, which is the oh. islands. Yes, the islands, and the uh, and and uh, the the crowning jewel for me has always been the Olive Garden. But <laughs> um, but it's like for me, a lot of these chain restaurants. Um, I don't know if you watched. You probably did the movie. Uh, what is it? Waiting with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, that one. It's that movie that made me, like, really weird about a lot of chain restaurants. Because I watched that relatively young. And I could not get, like, these caricatures out of my head when I would go to these a lot of these chain restaurants. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I, I, I don't want to say, like, I'm snooty or, like, <laughs> I have, like, you know, I have my nose high up. Yeah, but um, I guess I've always been, especially when we, when we lived in a, in a great food city like Los Angeles, you would just say the dumbest things. 
<laughs> to just upset me. I think it's one part like upsetting you, but it's yeah. like two. I think there's genuinely for me there's something about these yeah. little little places. Yeah. Of like for me it's understanding why people would go there. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What yeah. kind of people would go there and stuff? Because mm-hmm. I remember one time after like a place. I think this, was this after we went to IKEA. You also went to a BJ's. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, the BJ's was a big joke. I remember. And like, <laughs> funny story. We went to one BJ's, and then uh, the parking lot was full. It was like evening. Yeah. Like and like then, yeah. prime BJ's time. And, like we didn't really understand. Like I saw because like there's like a parking garage, right? And like they had a sign and a valet out, and I thought you had to go to the valet and like give up your car, right? Right, right. But it turns out you it's either you park yourself or you do the valet. Right. But I didn't I'm dumb and I didn't read the signs, so you went to you went out <laughs> we went out at that BJ's and tried to go to another BJ's. And I think didn't we also have problems with that BJ's? Cause okay, to to put it into perspective we drove across the entire length of Los Angeles to go to a different BJ's because we drove from Burbank to the west end of the valley to just go to a BJ's. Yeah, (laughs) that's ultimately what happened. Because we we drove, yeah, we drove to Topanga, which is the, and we overshot our own house. We overshot our own house. To end up at a at a BJ's as a joke, it's like it, yeah, it's it's part joke, but also I wanted to understand, you know? Yeah, because it becomes like draggy with me. Because I think for at least the both of us, it becomes a game of chicken, right? Yeah, like we're not actually gonna eat at the BJ's, right? Ha ha ha! And then <laughs> we end up <laughs> we end up in the parking lot of the BJ's. Like we're like we're we're sitting in the waiting booth after requesting in the table of the BJ's, and I was like. We're gonna leave, right? And then they call our name, and we're like, we're we're gonna. And then we sit down, and we're like, uh oh, <laughs> we're sitting at the PJs. <laughs> I remember, and I remember, like, dude, I love going to like dumb chain restaurants with people, right? Yeah. And like, you know this, but yes. on that that specific BJ's, like, there there's something about the vibe, you know? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. And you're like, why did you go here? Because it was like, oh, because like people were having like birthdays and like parties. Yeah, and so like, there's like people walking around and drinking. Uh huh. And it was such a, a a disingenuous like visit to the BJ's. <laughs> <laughs> and then we ordered food, and then we realized that it stopped being like a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, why are we here? Yeah, Why did like, we get this far? Like, we talk really good about the norms. It's like we understood, like, that's the food we're going to get, right? Yeah, yeah. And then with the food at BJ's, like, it was designed to be good. Yes. But it didn't feel real. Yeah. <laughs> um, their, their, uh, what is it? Their, their pizza cookies are all right. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. granted, I have a thing for sweets, so, but, like, mm. uh, yeah, I remember the, that, 
forcing each other to go out of our weird comfort zone. Even for like the sake of a, uh, for in this case, like a joke. Um, cause I remember also, uh, one of the few chain restaurants actually, I kind of had like, uh, this affinity for was the sizzler because yeah, I, I, I grew up going to a sizzler. There was a sizzler, uh, in the next town over where we grew up and my parents went and it was kind of like this first place where like, uh, like I, I ordered a steak, right? Like as yeah. like a 12 year old. And um, we actually were pretty regulars at that. This is like my parents really liked it. Like the staff knew us and like they would like give us like free food. And like in that way, I had like this soft spot for the Sizzler. And I know you've never been to one. Yeah. Because like I, it's also featured in um, Ugly Delicious. Yes. And like I've always joked about like, yeah, it's going to take me. But then, it's, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the local Sizzler now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, chain restaurants are always like, oh, it's always like hit and miss for me. Um, mm -hmm. a lot of nostalgia, I guess, at, at parts of them. Even so, I remember you and a couple of other, uh, close mutual friends would essentially kidnap me for my birthday. Yeah. And, uh, force me to go to one of, one of the long lists of restaurants that I do not like. Um, and I remember, yeah, like, yeah. I would be blindfolded, and I think even a, uh, a girlfriend at the time would help you, like, yeah. essentially kidnap me <laughs> to go to a well, restaurant we, I did we, not we, like. We told you we would take you to the restaurant, right? Yeah. No, you would just tell me, like, oh, going out to eat for your birthday. Yeah, and we did. And I would, like, cautiously get into the car. Only to end up at one of the many restaurants I disliked. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, and there was like other stuff, like a couple one off restaurants we would go to. Like, I remember you and I drove like 45 minutes into like Pasadena just for Vietnamese food. And, or, no, wasn't it more for a boba shop you really liked? Uh, no, it's the thing I heard about. Yeah. And like I thought they would serve me my drinks in a beaker. <laughs> but they did. Um yeah. Uh, it was uh in yeah. in Pasadena, right? Yeah. Or the San Gabriel Valley. Um but I remember we went to a really, really good Vietnamese restaurant called Vietnamese Deli. Uh pretty close by. And um I guess that's something that also you and I have a lot in common is um uh, you and I were both lucky, uh, lucky enough to kind of grow up with a large Vietnamese population in our hometown. Yeah. And uh, Vietnamese food is kind of both like really near and dear to like our hearts. Um, like my parents kind of growing up, like they didn't really go to a lot of restaurants, and it was kind of me that was like always like, hey, let's try this place, let's try that place. Like I remember like teaching my parents how to like use like chopsticks. Yeah. And there is a incredibly good Vietnamese restaurant in our in our in our hometown um, called Phu Saigon, um, and that place was like it, it kind of kind of cemented like I knew it was good when like my parents started going there without me, 
Like, they mm. go there all the time. Like, it's one of their favorite spots to eat. Um, and I know, uh, I think it's uh, the, the late and great Anthony Bourdain spoke about how how you could kind of, you can make a really good argument that Vietnamese food is like this perfect cuisine of of using all five flavors at once. And I think when I heard that, I started to appreciate a lot of Vietnamese food more as kind of using bits and pieces of everything, of every taste. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Pho Saigon, cool place. Yeah, Pho Saigon is also like a person or a, a restaurant like my family went to. And it's like definitely a place that's cemented myself or cemented itself into the prime eatery places of our hometown. Yeah. It's a beautiful place, and the owner's really nice. Oh, man, he's great. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, we, we spend most of our time talking about, like, L.A. restaurants. Uh, there's actually one uh, one restaurant I want to talk about real quick. It's a restaurant called Joy in Highland Park. Um, <laughs> my sister came to visit me recently, and as is a custom... Uh, I like to take, uh, when people come to visit, I like to take them to, like, really cool spots. And Joy in Highland Park is really, really up there for me now. It's probably one of my favorite places to eat. Um, they're, they're a really nice, cool spot. I know right now their their menu is limited, but yeah. what they have is really, really good. I had the, uh, I think, Kurabata pork over rice. They had this really fantastic soy sauce egg, and like um, they had like the pickles, like the traditional like uh, like Taiwanese pickles, and uh, these great like woodier mushrooms, and yeah, if anyone's in that area or you you know Joy, I would highly recommend you take the trip to go out there. But um, I want to talk about food from home, like what are your what are the restaurants that you think about a lot? Like, have you that you've been recently, or that I like to think about? Uh, this one of the places, like, uh, that's important to me. Like, even as a kid, it's this Chinese restaurant, uh, in our hometown, called the uh, Yunnan Garden. <laughs> and like, I remember going there for um my grandma's birthday, like when I was a kid. Yeah, and like they brought us to like their banquet hall, and it's yeah. like they had that traditional like Chinese uh, cuisine table where it's like um, it's a giant rotating circle in the middle, and then you just rotate all the food. Yeah, it's like it's really exposing me to how like mm-hmm. um, how typically Chinese like restaurant and banquet food are are eaten. And like it's like something, yeah, it's like so new to me. But like mm-hmm. their food, like talking about authenticity, and like it was, it felt like, or it felt really, really like genuine, even if it's like a little bit Americanized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They still have like um some traditional Chinese dishes, dishes mm-hmm. um that they're uh, from their region, like the Hunan like cuisine, mm-hmm. like are there. And it's a really good Chinese place. I like the, I like the venue. The owners are nice. Yeah, but a lot of like times too is um, 
when you eat at certain small places. Uh, if you go there a lot, you kind of like meet the owners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then even like my mom and dad, we went there like a year ago. They're talking to the waiter about um the previous owner of a uh, of Hunan, and I'm just able just to have that conversation. Yeah, really that, cool. that that Hunan place is is a real good spot. Um, actually, a, a couple of restaurants came to mind, and I I hope you remember them. Uh, um, do you remember Uncle Herbs? Yes, Uncle Herbs. I, I was uh I was thinking about that place the other day. Um my family has never been like a brunch family until like I remember there was a a long period of my childhood between like the ages of like like 8 to like when the restaurant uh, unfortunately closes doors in 2007. Yeah. Where pretty consistently every Sunday morning my parents would, all right, wake up, we're go getting breakfast this week. And that was just the thing we did. And I don't, I was talking to my mom, I was like, why did we start doing that? And she's like, I don't know, but we did. And I remember Uncle Herbs was like a big part of me growing up, was Sunday brunch with my parents. And that restaurant had like some really long history in our town. Like I remember like George Bush came there for like, for like elections, like in the early 2000s. Yeah. And uh, those are the kind of restaurants I think about when I think about, like, our hometown. Um, yeah, like, there's so many. Like, we yeah. got uh, Wins, Wins Burger Place. Oh, Wins Drive-In, classic. Yeah, Wins Drive-In. We got that uh, restaurant <laughs> with no name. That's, that was, oh, that on the corner? Really yeah. Yeah, that's uh, all my, one of my favorite places. The coffee shop and the train station. Also banging. Uh, I know uh, uh, Cello in downtown Oxford is really, really mm-hmm. popping right now. There's this Thai place that's really good and it's relatively new called Thai Quality. And then, um, kind of speaking about like those, like, there's a restaurant, and I think you've been to, have you ever been to um, Oziki Noodle? Yes, yes. So. That was the first place I got my parents to try sushi. Mm-hmm. And it was like where I talked to them how to use chopsticks. Because they used yeah. to make me like the trainer chopsticks. Yeah, yeah. It's like a rubber band and like the wrapper. And I, the the waitresses there and the manager there have literally watched me and my sister grow up. Because mm-hmm. we used to go there, there so much. And every time we go, like, they, they recognize us, like, oh, you're so tall, you've, you've grown so much, we're so happy to see you, um, and great food, but, um, there's, there's actually one restaurant I went to, actually, today, with my parents, um, it's a place called, it's way out of, uh, it's on, on the Astros of our hometown, and not many people know about it, but it's a place called La Huerta Juice Bar. Yeah, um, I I've seen uh, it, yeah. I, yeah, and they serve some of the best tortas and like licuados and like smoothies that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And uh, this place is really close to my heart because they, the family that owns that, which is essentially just a, like a like a st- there's no tables. You just order sandwiches and you leave. There's no there's nothing to do there. Yeah. Um, 
there's there's a park right behind it. That's where I tend to eat the, the sandwiches. But um, they come from the same region that my mom does mm -hmm. in, in, in Mexico. And uh, the way my mom speaks about it is like, yeah, these are like super authentic tortas. And they're they're perfect, in my opinion. Um, we, I've never really had anything else like it. Um, but those are kind of the, the spots that are like near and dear to my heart, especially. Um, if you're in the area and you know the Huerta Juice Bar, <laughs> go out and support them. They're good people there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good local cuisine, I and mean, like we're lucky to be blessed with all of them. Uh, past and present, remember Sakura Chaya? No, old wounds. <laughs> old wounds. Uh, um, we have a marina mm -hmm. uh, where we grew up, and there's basically this like eating area, which kind of looks like like a mall lunch hall thing. And like there's four, there are four like four different restaurants in the corner, and then one of them was a Sakura Chaya, and then just to like, long story short, the owner or the the was it the grandma who the grandma cooked there? Yeah. She basically wanted to go back to Japan. Yeah. So then they went to they went to Japan, but and Andrew, just, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. um. I used to go there a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I used to joke with you, like, I would go home to see my mom and, like, my sister and my parents and just to go eat that curry. Yeah. I I still, to this day, claim that that's still my favorite restaurant. Nothing has ever really gotten close to to the to the love I felt at, at that restaurant. Yeah. Um, even then, yeah. Even, oh, go ahead, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, even then, that, um, that uh this eating place is unique yeah because it's kind of like dingy in a but way like if, yeah. yeah if you look up there's like this like almost like italian-esque like mural. renaissance mural of like angels and like baby angels and like clouds it was, it was super weird and there was like a like a really outdated arcade in the corner yeah it's like claw machines yeah and um Oh no, Sakura Chaya, that uh that katsu curry set, which is a steal for like nine dollars, mm -hmm. was like still probably if someone asked me like if you could have one thing before you died, I I would get that set. <laughs> get that again. It's it's that set and yeah. and I always like I always try to talk to the lady, because uh, I know that they they made a lot of their food in like the Osaka style. Yeah. Um. And that, that I think that was always interesting here because I think a lot of in LA is a lot of is mostly you see mostly represented in like Tokyo and stuff, uh, like mm -hmm. the Tokyo style of like cooking, but hers is Osakan, and oh no, it's really a thing of beauty. Yeah, and even uh, yeah, I, ho I, hope they're they're I hope they're doing great. I hope they're doing well. Yeah. Um, even like the other places around there, it's like a fish and chips place, a sushi place, and like this uh. Mexican seafood place. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot that... of unique places. To yeah, eat yeah. Here. I actually, I recently learned that uh, you know how that fish and chips place in that um, in that food court, like there's yeah. like a small Korean menu. Yeah, yeah. There's a there. There's actually like a like a traditional Korean seating area behind the restaurant. 
Oh, is that what that is? That's what it is. Yeah, it's like it's like its little like gated ish area. Yes. Yes, and it has the 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 traditional low tables, mm-hmm. padded floor. I just never bothered to go behind the building. Yeah, because usually we just eat there or just walk around the marina late at night. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know that. The more yeah. you know. The more you know. Yeah. Even to all you listeners, find the local place, <laughs> local places in yours. Your yeah. area. Well, well, there is, you know, there's there's comfort and beauty in like a lot of these. Like you know, we talked about these chain restaurants. There's that, but you know, there's also an equal amount of uh, beauty and comfort in these mom and pop restaurants. Yeah, of these. yeah I think at the end of the day, I'll always support mom and pop restaurants. Yeah. But there's like there's some you could also find beauty and stuff mm-hmm. just um being around your chain restaurants, you know? Like that's why I always like like I've always like prioritized mom and pop restaurants, but I would but a chain now and then it's okay. Yeah. Alright. Definitely. Alright, we're coming at the close to our summer episode food podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of brought about because of the whole, you know, coronavirus thing. And, like, I I kind of miss eating out. Oh, me too, man. But we have to stay inside, wear our masks. Yeah, stay safe. safe. Uh, and if Wash you go out, wear a, <laughs> wear a mask. Where's your support, mask? Support your local mom and pop shops by um ordering delivery and, not delivery, even curbside mm-hmm. and pick up. Um, delivery... I prefer you to go pick up your own food. Yeah. Gas is cheap. <laughs> it's, get, it's getting up there, but you know. I, yeah, I don't want to date too much of our this podcast, but I already dated it because I said it was coronavirus. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, as always. Yeah, and it's like, oh, it's always fun. It's always fun doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, definitely. I hope you, the listener, likes this kind of deal. Uh, well, well, maybe uh, if this topic or this kind of content keeps up, I would like to talk more about other stuff other than the main topics, which is visual novels, games, and narrative, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, again, this is uh Kupo Talks. Thanks for you for listening and joining us on this lovely food hour. Always. And my up. name, my name's yeah, Hugo. Oh, no, I was just going to say, where can people find you? Yeah. So, um, again, I'm your host, RJ, uh, Mognite. You can find me at Twitter, mogknight.com. Uh, mm-hmm. You can follow my writings. Uh, something should be coming up later this week on uh, Kupo, kuporights.wordpress.com. Mm-hmm. And where can people find you, Andrew, also known as Summer Kurtz? Uh, you can look up Summer Kurtz on Twitter. Uh, I, I'm on Instagram. Um, I do have a blog that you can find. Um, not a lot of stuff on there right now. Kind of been on hiatus. Kind of in a, you know, you know. Yeah, I think you feel it. Not in the writing mood, I guess. But uh, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty busy, hectic time. Oh yeah, but uh. I got some stuff in the works that hopefully will come out in some point in time. All right, cool. All right. Uh, again, so stay safe out there. 
support your local mom and pop restaurants. Wash your hands. Wear Wash a mask. Hands, wear a mask. Uh, think of others as you think of yourself. Yeah. And have a good one. Bye. Bye.